Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Growing Greater brings you stories of innovators, entrepreneurs, and business leaders who are transforming industries and communities as they turn ideas into reality, embrace risk, and invest in new technologies and relationships, all while building legacies of tomorrow. While Growing Greater originates in the city where modern democracy was founded and where innovation is part of the regional DNA, Philadelphia. We bring you stories from around the corner and around the world. Tune in to Growing Greater at Radio.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Growing Greater brings you stories of innovators, entrepreneurs, and business leaders who are transforming industries and communities as they turn ideas into reality, embrace risk, and invest in new technologies and relationships, all while building legacies of tomorrow. While Growing Greater originates in the city where modern democracy was founded and where innovation is part of the regional DNA, Philadelphia, we bring you stories from around the corner and around the world. Tune in to Growing Greater at Radio.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. I know I'm sounding like I do everything right. You should ask my wife how I can improve. She's going to be like, hey, yeah, how much time you got? <laughs> oh, I got. <laughs> we all got problems. Man. Yeah, for sure. We all we all. I think my biggest my biggest issue is uh, similar to yours in that. My job is me to be good or successful in the entertainment field. You you are going to end up being a little and self-centered isn't the right word. Like, I don't think I'm better than everybody, I don't, but because I've had to focus on me and every aspect of me, every interview, every stand up writing, uh, pitching myself, you end up thinking about yourself a lot. hundred percent. You and critique so, everything you, about you, but, but, but because your whole, and I spent a lot of time by myself thinking about me, it's my biggest problem in my marriage because I, I, I'm just used to thinking about me all the time. So I'm like, well, you just need to get on board with this schedule because this is what I do. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing for me. And it's so funny because it's not a self-centered point of view at all. It's not like, it's, I, I don't, I don't consider myself to be self-centered or selfish not. in any way, shape no, or form. No, and neither do I, but it's a lot of work on me. Always, I'm always in my own head. I'm always critiquing or always just, you know, writing or whatever the case may be. It's always on me. It's yeah. always um, inner focused. Yeah, and so when you get into a relationship, it's important to remember that there's somebody else there who's you, doing all the work for you and, and painting the house doesn't and doing give the dishes. a f- about you all the time, you know. So I, you know, that's one of the reasons. Like it's 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 hard for me to sometimes I come home. I've been on the road for five days thinking about me and little things like I'll go to the store and get me a coffee. 
because I'm just used to being by myself getting a coffee. Sure. And I come home, she's like, you didn't get me coffee? And it's just not, not that I wasn't thinking about her, and I didn't want to think about her, but I'm so <laughs> conditioned yeah. just to go get a that that That's the kind of stuff that, for me, is my biggest thing. It's hard to explain it because that's not how most people live their lives. Right. Their job, they go to they go to work, somebody else's business, where they it's mindless or brainless or something they don't really care about. But it's not them all day. But when you're focusing on you all day, how do I make me better? Me, not just better. How do I make me more? How do I make more people like me? Mm-hmm. It's a really specific. Is that exhausting? Yes. It, it's. I like think about this a lot. There's always things that like I I, uh, I stress about and I um, dwell on a lot. And the one recently is like, what makes me want to have strangers like me? Yeah. Why Why am I obsessed with making them laugh and having them like me? What What is it about well, me that wants that? I think we're all there now with social media. Like you don't post anything not to get likes. Right. You You're you don't you know when people post kind of self righteous stuff on Twitter. They want the affirmation. You're right, man. Yep, right. you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the best, man. <laughs> I don't know like what it is about me that makes me want that. Yeah. But I will tell you this actually, I've got the the minute I started to get exponentially better as a comic mm-hmm. was when I actually, to be honest, stopped thinking, what more can I do to make people like me and do and just think more like what do I think is funny? What do I like to do? What do I think is fun? And as soon as I started doing that, the product of whatever I was putting out got way better. Really? Because I stopped doing it for other people and I stopped writing jokes that I thought other people would think were funny or being the person that I thought other people would like. For example, 10 years ago, five years ago, I would have said to you for sure, hey, take that white woman thing out. Take it out. Sure. I would have been worried that it would have hurt somebody's feelings and it would have come across that I don't like white people or white women over the age of 40 or, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. hundred percent. But, but, but like, and now I'm more just about, look, you know, I know who I am and I know what I do and I'm going to continue to do that and do things that I like and that I think are fun and it just makes it more authentic Sure. So the day that I stop thinking about what other people will like and how other people will like me, I mean, the day it really opened up a little bit for me. You know, the High Live helped me a lot with that. Really? The High Live, because, you know, I was a guy who felt pressure to be funny. I, I took a long time for me to figure out the new form of entertainment mm-hmm. in that, like podcast. Sure. So podcast doesn't have to be funny all the time. Is it entertaining? Are you talking about things that people are interested in? Are you being honest? Are you being upfront? Exactly. Right? So that was like, it was an interesting turn where I was like, oh, okay. And then the high live. So I would talk in front of, smoke weed. Sure. And there's no way to be funny or coherent for a whole hour. I was so worried about that. Right. But then about maybe three or four episodes in, I was just like, I can't do it. And it made me comfortable with the silence. It made me comfortable with... Not being having to be funny all the time, and it made me slow down on stage. It made me slow down. It just made me more comfortable with being. Oh, sometimes I'm not gonna be funny. Sometimes I'm gonna make a fool out of myself. And you know what? I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, and I'm gonna be the same person. 
And just taking the fear out of that was pretty pretty eye opening for me. Yeah, and you let the funny just come to you, like the funny just hopefully happens, man. happens like organically. Yeah, that's the that's the goal, you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes on High Live, I say some of the stupidest <laughs> things, and when I say them, I get so happy because I'm like, you know what? I can't believe I allowed myself to say this and I'm not erasing it tomorrow. Sure. This is going to live forever. Yeah. Me, on the high live, I must forget what I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's watched, shit. <laughs> Especially the, like the last month or two, I've been taking mushrooms and smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's been, what's that, you like mushrooms? <laughs> I just watched that one. We were watching a little bit. Oh, of yeah. It. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what? I was, was that the one with the Viking helmet on? Yeah, what do you do? Um... I was wearing the Viking helmet with those big white glasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I only wear these glasses. <laughs> oh, those are great. So I, I never saw them in person. Yeah. Oh, I only wear these glasses. Rocking, yeah. And so, be, and, a, couple, yeah, a couple years ago, I had to really come to terms with the fact that I like lady shades. <laughs> they look good. They I, like, look good. I, I, they I like good. I like lady shades. I just like them more, you know? And so... But I brought it to High Live in the in the in the weird smoking baby hand. It just has been a just a perfect storm of of me. Yeah, it's the best way I can. I I just get to do. But the Viking helmet came out after I started doing mushrooms. But last week I didn't take mushrooms and I put the Viking helmet on. I looked at myself. I'm like, this looks ridiculous. <laughs> this doesn't feel right. Yeah, and first because I had been talking about how I don't know if the mushrooms actually did anything to me, and I put the Viking helmet on. I'm like, yeah, they did. Take this two caps did it. Yeah, I can definitely take. Um, but I, I'm gonna get back to it. I think what I might do is instead of Monday night, I think I just might do it a night on the road. Okay, I'm already out here. I'm not at home. It's not a night with my wife. Right. I'm not taking away another night with her. Makes sense. Y- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that seems to me closer to what I would do. So if I'm going to, I'll probably get it back up and running in a couple weeks, but I'm going to try to figure out how to do it from the road. Nice. That's a happy medium. That's a nice compromise. Yeah, man. But the thing that I'm most excited about is that um, I do this show called Control Chaos. Sure. Man, it's finally, it's finally what I want it to be it's so bananas i don't know if you've had any a chance I saw you to twerking. See it. did you see yes, the did you okay. see, I saw, did I you see what i posted on uh, of fortune dancing on the show no pull it up and um and there's there's a couple of clips recently tim dylan you know who tim dylan yeah, yeah for sure tim dylan you know sometimes i have my guests improv jingles okay and he improv a jingle for lunchables <laughs> you should if you go to my ig Put page Twitter, okay um it, it it's one of the funny. He's one of the off the cuff funniest people. Yeah. But his his jingle about Lunchables, man. <laughs> but this show is literally like if at midnight met Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. It's just weird. It's off the wall. Fun. No politics. No social issues. It's an escape. Hundred percent escape, but from a weird mind. Like I like. There's a character on the show called the man who lives under the stage, because the stage has a trap door. Do you guys know what guy named Sandy Danto? He's opening for me this weekend. He's a comic. Game sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Sandy, we film him under the stage, and he's just this dude who asks weird questions like, um, "Are lice and crabs the same?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're like, yeah. And then we just got to talk about this weird dude who lives under the stage. But, but like, I like 
you I know like stuff like that. I like on the show, every show, we have a weird improv actor come and sit down yeah. and disrupt the show. I don't know who he's I don't know what character they are this week. I don't know what they want to talk about. They walk in, they sit down, and they just are like um Sandy, another. I had my appendix out not too long ago. Um, so I said, Sandy, I want you to come on the show as my appendix. <laughs> so he's done like five appearances as my appendix. Once he came in his suit, I'm like, you're looking good. He goes, I got a job. Uh, and then, but the That's first great. time he appeared on the show, he appeared with a lawyer. He was suing me for unlawful removal. And he was like, man, we've had so many good years together. One bad weekend, you kick me out. I'm like, look at the size of you, man. You know what I mean? Like, but but it's just weird. It's, fun. it's yeah. weird fun. If you get a chance, it's on my Facebook fan page. Um, and, uh, it's at seven o'clock Pacific time every Tuesday night. So 10 o'clock here, but you can find it on my YouTube page too. So much fun. I like it because there's no wrong answers and I call it control chaos because I don't hate it when things go wrong. Here's some things I don't like. I don't like when things go wrong and we're late. I don't like things when the things go wrong and you know, I don't get to show out on time, but if things go wrong during the show, I'm okay. I like, we had a guy, a guy named Avery Pearson is my, he plays the keyboard for me. And he's like my co-host, but he couldn't be there this week. So we had two guys in that were just not good. And they couldn't do the things he did. And the one guy was like, you didn't tell me, talking to the other guy, you didn't tell me I was supposed to, in, during the show, you didn't tell me I was supposed to do this. I'm not prepared to do this, right? I loved all of it. Yeah. Top to bottom. Loved all of it. But the show started 20 minutes late, and that was driving me crazy. But whatever train wreck happens during the show, to me, is part of the show. I love live. My, one of my most favorite things I ever did, I did a show called Shark After Dark because it, yeah. it was live. For sure. And things went wrong. Things went wrong. I love Shark After Dark. And you yeah. just had to f***ing figure it out. Yeah. And so that's, I love that shit, man. I have the twerking and the Lunchables, though. The lunchables I, I got so to hear the Save Lunchables jingle. Put that mic to it. tell you how quickly that had happened i said to him so when they sit on the couch you know we have a lot of different um games that we play but sometimes we do something called jingle jangle and, and avery can play anything and any type of music and i tell the three guests that those three guests were tim dylan adam ray and laura bite bites all laura i think actually i'm sorry they all crushed it and but this is how long i have it i go tim you are going to do a jingle about Lunchables. What type of music do you want Avery to play for you? And he'll tell them. Avery plays a chord, and he's off. And just let that, it rip all the top. That's wow. how, and that was so detailed and so <laughs> right. That if he had written that, I'd have been like still laughing. But the yeah. fact that I gave him fifteen seconds and that he just sang that, and so the show is that you got to be quick. You have to be able to. I have dear friends who I tell all the time, I just can't have you on the show 
because you don't want to play. Mm. You don't want. You have to be willing to be silly to come on that show because that's what the show is. And for me, I do it like that because there's so many podcasts that are just we're all talking to the same people, mm-hmm. especially in LA. We're all talking about the same things, and we're all breaking, you know, cracking codes and whatever. But the silly part of it is, I feel like what's missing. So you come on my show, it's silly. Yeah, you saw me twerking. It's like a live <laughs> yeah. improv. Pretty good, actually. It is. Yeah, it's a live. It, it is. It's like that's why. But I, I always ask people coming in, and because I remember, I go, "Do you want to know the questions I'm going to ask ahead of time?" And they all say, "No." It's so much more fun to be there and to feel it and to have it be live and to have to perform right then. Yeah. So sometimes, say someone telling a joke that isn't laughing, that isn't funny. I will either, I will make it my purpose to find something about what's happening that's going to make me laugh. Whether how bad it is, right. <laughs> the look on your face, knowing you're in the middle of a bit that is going to eat dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sure. I'm going to find something about what's happening that's going to make me laugh. And that way, I'm going to be in the moment. I'm going to be authentic. But I'm going to let you know, hey, you know what? You're doing great. You're taking a swing. That's all. It's better than everybody else is watching. You're taking a fucking swing. You're up and there. And so, like, yeah. I know some people think, like, that's a lot of fake laughing. I, I've figured out a way to k- keep it authentic and to still, I want everyone to know we're having a good time here. I am really laughing because even if you're bombing, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. Even if you're saying, the look on your face right now is funny. <laughs> or and it's you, entertaining. you just crushed it. But, but, but I, I, you know, I think people, when you're confident, you're better. So I'm not going to sit there and stonewall you while you're on my f***ing show. You just be like. <laughs> Make me laugh, clown. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really good job, <laughs> You know what I mean? I know I just gave you 15 seconds to think of a, a jangle for Lunchables. That's the best you can do. Do better. Yeah. But and look, there are people like Fortune. Fortune is a legitimate star. If you see the dancing she did on the show, did you, you don't have to even play the volume, but if you see, she just went for it. Yeah. I was like, we're going to do you a dance. respect that. I said, we're just going to do a dance off. And she said, okay. Look at, watch, watch. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to do the worm. That's not going That's anywhere. Great, right? <laughs> That's awesome. It's fantastic. But you know what? It's just, that's what it is. And I find that the more, the stupider you get in front of other people and the more embarrassed you get, one, the less embarrassing it gets every time. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you something, man. You feel better about yourself. You're like, holy shit. So that just happened and I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. <laughs> I still have my career. Yeah. We're here. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. And so, you know, my youngest son had a really hard time. I remember he took a uh, public speaking class in high school just to, I remember that first thing he did. And he, I could see him handshaking, but he's done it more and more. And he's like, I like it now. Just because he realized that fear, you know, nobody wants to look stupid. For sure. But everybody has. It's all about the reps. The more reps you take, you know, yep. and being feeling uncomfortable. I remember the first time I did stand-up, and I was so nervous. I was 20, 21. I was a little bit older than you. You started mm-hmm. when you were 15, you mm-hmm. said. My dad was in the crowd just like your first time, and I was so nervous. Palms were sweaty. I was shaking. I had Like Eminem. Eminem. I was B-Rabbit. <laughs> B-Rabbit, bro. I threw up my mom's spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey. Hands are shaking, palms are sweating. My, my knees were weak. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I took some shots of Jack. And then you lost yourself. And I and I yeah. lost myself, yeah. and I did not come back from it. So I was hosting that night, and I bombed my first time out on stage. Of course. Just totally bombed. I forgot all my material yeah. that I had memorized. And when I was 20, I wrote everything down word for word, how I would say each word. You know, It was so pre-planned, which is totally uh, you know opposite from what you're talking about. And it just didn't work. And, but I was hosting that night. So the third time I got up on stage to introduce the next comic, I riffed with one of the audience members, ad-libbed everything, and I made the whole audience laugh. And that's, I was like, ooh, that tasted good. I was like, that's all I needed. Yeah. But I love this. It also was probably the first time you were authentically you. So mm-hmm. when you're riffing, one of the thing, one of the reasons I think riffing, pe- people like it so much, and this isn't a, a conscious reason or decision on their part, but you're actually seeing whoever that person is take away the scripted and just talk. Yeah. So it's so natural. It's so conversational. Now, there is also something to the spontaneity. You res- there's something you res- almost respect it more. Yeah. Um, but, but um, yeah, part of it is just you were natural, you know? Yeah. And I felt it. I was like, oh, this, this is what's going to keep me doing this. You know, it felt, yeah. it felt great. Now, do you take what you do on your show like that? You know, that controlled chaos, that just kind of riffing. Do you use that for your stand up? You know, do you- Saturday Night Late Show, I take an edible. Yeah. And we see what happens. So I will, it's not that you don't get a show. I don't take the edible before the show, yeah. I take it on stage. <laughs> and I think so, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you do it. Yeah, yeah. I, for I take, sure. I take yeah. it on stage and then let's, but if I take it at 15 minute mark, by the 45 minute mark, I'm feeling it. Gotcha. Okay. I, uh, we've been doing press since I, I think I got up this morning at six, but I went to sleep at like Me three, too. and I was pretty high. I was running. Yeah, you were running. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I was your fiance, <laughs> if I was your fiance, I would put things in your shoes. <laughs> I would write a note like, "Do you really have to be up at six thirty, motherfucker?" Um, have we started the podcast yet? No. Uh, okay. When should we start? Three, two, one. And hey, everybody, <laughs> it's Josh Wolf. Everyone, hey, everybody, I. Love performing here. Yeah. I love performing here because, first of all, it's one of the two cities in the, in the States where you can still say whatever the f*** you want. Nobody gets offended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Philly what? and Boston. Boston. I was going to say Boston. Yeah. And you really... Not that I say crazy things. These are real blue-collar cities that yeah. don't give a shit. Like, they tell how it is. You're that's, from Boston, right? Yeah, I'm from Western Mass. But that that's kind of... Blue-collar is kind of my feel. Yeah. I think LA is the my hardest city to perform in. All those velvet ropes. It's not like it in Philly. It's it, it's yeah. not just that like okay. The, like I said, stand up is at an all-time high in the the quality and the time people put into their craft. But I'm not clever. My jokes are right here. <laughs> I tell stories, they're right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. And it's just in there no there's no anger to them. There's not a lot of bite or or angst. Sure. It's just relatable, silly shit. Yeah. It's not clean, right? It's I would say it's closer to naughty than it is dirty, but Yeah. Right? Yeah, naughty, yeah. But but uh I just don't know that that is the vibe right now at the store, at the comedy store. Sure. Crushers. Yeah. Uh, fucking Burr, Rogan, Diaz, Theo Vaughn, Cristalia, Sebastian. Yeah. A fucking Whitney, Nikki Glazer, just cr- every night, cr- yeah. Ron White, Crushers, and they all have a bite to them. True. That's their fans are there. So it's it. I don't know that that's my 
I still love going up on that stage, mm-hmm. and I like it because it's a challenge. But I don't know that though, that's my best. Also, I do sometimes I do a fifteen minute story. If you don't know me that well, and I get on stage and just tell one joke, yeah, that's the thing. It's only fifteen minute sets. Of tough a story. for sell. Yeah, it's right. tough for sell. I'll tell you something, man. You know, guys like Rogan and the the speed at which they turn around their hours, mm. it pushes all of us. Yeah, it's unreal. It, and they're still great. Because here's another thing that pushes all of us. He's almost, to me, single-handedly changed people's work ethics. You look at him. That dude does 27 podcasts a week. They're all eight hours long. He (laughs) trains for 17 hours a day. Yeah. He does every MMA fight. And then when he's, you know, if he's at the store, he's doing two, two, three sets a night. Yeah. He's doing six, seven sets a week. He's grinding. And he's at the top of the game. Yeah. What are we waiting on? Right. Chappelle will stop in and do an, two hours at midnight in front of 14 people. His yeah, his special was unreal. Unreal. One I of the even, funniest things I've ever seen in my life. By the way, I don't even I, I don't even think it was his best special. No? You don't think so? No. What would you say? Hard, hard for me to say. And by the way, I'm not saying it's bad, by the way. Yeah. I, oh, for not, sure. Not sure. But it might, might, might have his, my favorite line out of any of his specials. Which one? Were the one he did that impersonation and he was like, "Who is it?" And you. he said, "You motherfuckers! <laughs> you are the worst motherfuckers I've ever had to perform in front of in front of my entire life." I was like, "With the balls, yeah, top of the top of the top of the special, you know who I'm going to call out first? You, everyone, yeah." Oh, it's, whoa, that's great. But 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 I didn't honestly, I didn't even understand. What the big deal was. No, me either. I'll tell you something. There's a guy out who put out a special the same week as Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Wildly popular on YouTube. A guy named Andrew Schultz. He put out um, his crowd work special. I didn't see it. Exponentially. Now, edgier, pushed the envelope, said things that you that make you shake your head yeah. more than Chappelle. Way more. Way, and by the way, funny. Sure. Funny. Andrew Schultz is funny. The Bill Burr, I thought, was way more intense than the Dave Chappelle one. Me too. And I thought it was hilarious. Me I thought, too. I thought that was one of his funniest. Yeah, specials. I mean, it's hard for me to pick my it's favorite tough. with those guys. But for me, again, like, you know what I liked about Burr's is that first half of the special, he was punching out. Yeah. And the second half, he was punching in. Mm-hmm. He, the first half, he was like, bang, 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 sure. bang, bang, bang. And the second half was all about him. Self-deprecating. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really interesting the way he did that. I, I haven't asked him if it's on, if that was on purpose to kind of take Sting off of it right. or if that was just how it kind of shook out. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of how he is and how Chappelle is. Like, it's equal opportunity. I mean, everyone can. But as it should be. And as I've, it should be. I've said a million times, if you, can't la- if, you're, if you can't laugh at yourself, you're not allowed to laugh at anybody else. I, I was in a um, Uber in St. Louis, and this dude, he was like, hey, he saw my guitar. He goes, you a, com- you a musician? I go, no, nah, I'm a comic. He goes, oh, really? I go, yeah. And he goes, I know some jokes. And right away, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Here we go. And he goes, I know 3,500 jokes. I go, that's a very specific number, man. And he goes, yeah, I have a joke book, a 3,500 joke book of jokes. And I go, oh. He goes, you want to hear them? I go, Sure. And um, he goes, just so you know, I'm not politically correct. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and um, he opened, and I'm, I'm Jewish. He opened with seven Jewish, Jew jokes. Uh, By the way, I'm not offended. You, if you, I'm, I'm not offended. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm big on intent. Right. I'm big, and, and like this dude's intent is ignorant and probably prejudiced as he is towards. I didn't. His yeah. intent was try to be funny. So he told seven Jew jokes and like old <laughs> ones. 
Like, um, how did the penny get invented? The two Jews arguing over a penny. Oh, oh and how did copper wire get invented? Two Jews arguing over a penny, right? Because they pulled that. it out. Oh, I'm sure he did uh, why, uh, wire oh. Jews' uh, nose, nose so, so big, big air is free. Air is free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did you? Why did the Jew run on the field? He tried to get the quarterback. Oh my god! Um, you know things like that. Yeah, Paraphrasing, yeah, yeah. but oldies but goodies. Yeah. Oldies but goodies. He was trying to relate. He was trying to. He was trying to be a, a comic for that for a day. So I, I was like, oh, and he had a. Um, and by the way, this is this what this is literally out of maybe a Jim Jeffries standup. I he had a crossover his rear view. I know oh, you know any jokes about Jesus. And he said, we don't joke about Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, right. But the Jews, by the way, Jesus was a Jew. But but uh, the Jews, cool. And he had a joke. He had, but he kept saying, no, I'm not PC. I'm like, okay. But he would hit everybody except his group. Right. You got to be able to hit your group. Most definitely. That's like when people, when people, if you're fat and you're like, don't fat shame. But did you laugh at the joke about the Republicans? Well, some of those people. You know what I mean? Well, it's not Full the circle. same. Not the same being a fat. Okay, because you can choose to be okay. Whatever. People pick and choose what if they you, find funny or offensive, and, and they justify why it's okay. Well, it's not okay to laugh at me being gay because that's not a choice. Right. You choose to be Republican. No, that's not it. You are going to laugh at somebody else. Yeah. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. That's end of the story. And if you can't laugh at yourself, you're missing out. You're missing out. You know, I went on Andrew Santino's podcast. I heard that. He laid into me a bunch. He I, made fun made jokes about your age. Age. <laughs> being dumb. And by the way, guys, I like pretending to be stupid. You know what? When you go through life and people think you're dumb, you know what? Very little expectations. Yeah. I like that. I, I don't like, do the dishes. I don't have yeah, to do my laundry. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't have to take out the trash. Yeah, leave him alone. I'm getting away with He's a lot dumb. of shit. Yeah. I'm good with that. Very low <laughs> expectations. But but um, but um, I was laughing the whole time. And afterwards, he was like, man, that was a lot of fun. You had a good sense of humor about yourself. I'm like, I don't. I don't. First of all, who cares what you think? <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Yeah. yeah. Like, I know who I am. I, I, and yeah, I, I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, I'm older than you. Yeah, maybe I've lost some IQ points over the years. All those being true. And who cares? Yeah. I was high. <laughs> I smoked a lot of weed. So, let's face it. Yeah. Let's be honest. I didn't have a whole lot of quick, sh- sharp comebacks. <laughs> I think I did a lot of, well, that's true. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you on that one. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. No, you're 100% right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, before I let you go, I, I got hit by a car today running. Wait, what? So, yeah, I know. I'm burying the lead here uh, an hour and a half into the podcast. So I'm running, right? And this woman, this girl, rather, she's like in a little Honda Civic, this brunette. She's driving up to the stop sign and she's kind of like inching. Like she's not really stopping. She's inching. And like I'm jogging towards that intersection. I'm like, all right, well, she's going to stop. I'm going to run past and then she's going to make her turn. Mm-hmm. She did not stop. And my my front end, my chest and my arms ended up on her hood like that. So she hit my like upper body. She didn't see me. She put her uh, hand over her mouth in shock, and she didn't know what to do. She didn't roll down her window. She just, like, slowly drove off. <gasps> she she drove off? She hit me, and then she drove off. She and was shocked. She was shocked. Like, she did not believe that, like, she didn't see me. I, I think she was on her phone. Like, she was texting in her lap, and she didn't realize that she kind of, like, went into me. Yeah. Kind of went into you? 
it wasn't like full speed or anything. Like right. I wasn't but injured during this, you're but it was right. very abrupt. Like I did not expect it. Like I've never been hit by a car. I've been running every morning. This is a first. You know? Yeah, I've never how had. Long, this, how long have you been running? Never had the situation uh, for the past few months. Not yeah. this is my first. You know, you feeling any gains? Yeah, yeah. I lost uh, th- uh, thirty pounds since uh, February. Holy shit! Yeah, shit. I started doing the keto thing at yeah. first, right? And then I was like, ah. I lost some pounds there. It came off like out the gate, right? I dropped like ten pounds easily. And then uh, I was like, I miss carbs. So I'm gonna start eating carbs again. And then I started running because I heard that it's really good for your just mental, like yeah, good for anxiety, good for stress. Just think things out. So I just started running. And then after a few months, I uh, I do like ten miles a day now. Ten miles? Yeah. That's why he starts at six thirty. Yeah. How long does that take? Long uh, does that ten take? miles, like an hour and a half. I did the Man. half marathon, which is thirteen point one. I did that in two hours. Ten. Nope. I get addicted nope. to things. Every I get into day? it. Uh, just about. Like uh, today, I only did six miles because I got hit by a car. It, wait. <laughs> <laughs> do you go home afterwards? What did you do after? You know, I would have done more, but I kind of got hit by a. Uh, do a you Honda. run ten miles in a row? Yeah, yeah, oh. without stopping. Oh, that yeah, seems like really difficult. So I built up to that. So like just a few months ago, I can only do two miles in a row. So I just get addicted. I get hooked, and then probably like five months from now, I'll never run ever again. Oh. I get hooked, and then I get obsessive, yeah. and then I'll drop it. Yeah, seriously, I don't know if running 10 miles every day is good yeah, for Yeah, no, it's body. not healthy. No, no, no. It's, it's not. It's not See, good. It's yeah. impressive, but yeah. it's not good. I'm sure your fiance is like, and you know, I could think of some things you could do with that hour and a half every morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you work out, though? Do you? Yeah. Do you even lift, bro? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I do. I work out. I, yeah? I try to do, I work out more on the road than I do at home. Yeah. Um, just because I try to be as present as I can, even though it's impossible. Right. But I, I try to do four days a week. See what you know. I, I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm really close to giving up. <laughs> just <laughs> you, packing it in. Yeah. I mean, what do I still got to work out for? You know, yeah. you get a certain age, you're like, who am I doing this for again? Who's this for? Yeah. Health. You talking about like, what, <laughs> those those last five years of my life that I'm going to try to hold on to? I. If you told me you work out every day, what's the big thing that's going to happen? Well, you're going to be alive from 85 to 90. Pass. Yeah. Pass. I want to know when I have 30 days to live because I'm going to buy heroin. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I don't Good care how old I am. As soon as the doctor gives me a certain amount of time, I'm like, go get me that black tar. Nice. Let's see what that. Oh, man. Well, Camden's right across the river. Is that where you get it? Oh, Is man. Is that you're jogging to every morning? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hooked, baby. Yeah. I'm hooked. The heroin jogger? Yeah. That sounds like <laughs> Karen, Quentin Tarantino yeah, yeah. The heroin jogger. We're an improv team. <laughs> it's, a good indie, it's a good indie flick. Wow, so completely different. <laughs> So good to have you back in Philadelphia, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Philly loves you. I had such a great time seeing you last year. I can't wait to see you this weekend. Uh, you kill it as always. Your stories. You're just such a chill, funny dude. And you spent a lot of time with us. So we can't thank you enough. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. This is our first ever podcast. Yeah, first ever. Is that ever. right? First ever podcast. Philly is funny. So thank you for debuting it. You, uh, you're awesome. Oh, man. This is the first one? First one, baby. Oh, I, I, first of all, I wish I had known the mics were on. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, if I'd known this was your first one, I'd have, I'd have tried to be funnier. <laughs> I think I think we reeled him in. I yeah. think we roped him right. We covered a lot of ground. We yeah. did. I feel like we did. A lot of body parts, a lot of ground. Yeah. yeah. And I think the overall theme is you need to get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> we had an intervention. A lot of working on me today, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You I feel like it, a new man. me. You appreciate it. you, man.